Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Movie Attic Headquarters with your host, Betty Jo Tucker, author of Confessions of a Movie Attic, right here at www.blogtalkradio.com. Hi, movie fans. This is Betty Jo Tucker thanking you for tuning in to Movie Attic Headquarters. You don't have to be a movie addict to visit here, of course. But if you are one, it's definitely the place for you. We have a very timely show for you today, folks, because we're expecting actress Catherine Lanasa to be with us to discuss her role as Will Ferrell's manipulative wife in The Campaign, a timely comedy opening nationwide on Friday. Catherine Starr is definitely on the rise this year. She will be appearing in several upcoming films and TV shows, including Jane Mansfield's Car, The Frozen Ground, and NBC's Infamous. I'm also impressed with her record of previous movies like Alfie and Valentine's Day and Always Say Goodbye, plus her numerous TV credits in such popular series as Big Love, Longmire, which by the way is at the top of my list this summer, Justified, Two and a Half Men, Grey's Anatomy, and Burn Notice. So I'm going to check with our wonderful producer, Nikki Starr, to see if she has heard from Catherine and to let us know if everything is ready in the uh, chat room for uh, listeners who would like to uh, participate in the chat. Nikki, do you have a chat report or a phone report? I actually have both. The chat is open and ready to go, and I have Catherine on the line. Wonderful. Hi, there Oh, hi, Catherine. I am so happy that you could be with us. Did you hear the Me big buildup? <laughs> Well, you can tell how excited Nikki and I are both because we've just been talking before the the show started about how much we're looking forward to seeing the campaign. It's uh, Nikki is uh, very interested in politics and I have a um a degree in political science which um I'm I'm not ashamed of, but I just don't do too much with politics anymore. <laughs> but Nikki is here and we're both Will Ferrell fans. And so, he must be uh, two Roach fans, right, with all of the political movies he does. Oh, yeah. Uh, Recount, and then he just did that. What was the name of that new one that he did with about Sarah Palin with um, oh, Julianne Moore? That was I know what you're well, talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. On that HBO. was a real good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so so we're so the three of us, I mean, we're we've got people guests signing up for the for the chat and so we're we're all ready here, but the main thing, Catherine that we want to hear about, of course, is the campaign. And I understand you had the L.A. premiere last Friday, and I saw some, you know, some coverage on that. You looked lovely. And did you have Thank a great you. time at that premiere? Yes, it was wonderful. It was just really great to see how uh, smartly Jay edited the movie. And um, I really enjoyed some of the performances. I particularly loved um Dylan McDermott, he was so funny as um, the campaign manager, Tim Watley. I I don't think people have seen him uh, 
seem to him be this funny. It's really a terrific role. So that was great to see. And um, just some of the other support, supporting cast, like Sarah Baker, is just such a wonderful actress. She does such a great job. So it was just, I, I knew what to expect from Will and Zach, but to see these other the other supporting cast do their thing was really, really fun. Well, it's what a cast it does have, my gosh. Mm-hmm. Oh, and you've Brian got John, Cox, John so Lithgow. Brian Cox is in it as well as Zach's father, and he's so funny. He's just a terrific actor. He's one of my favorite actors, so really glad I got to work with him, too. Well, you don't usually see him in a comedy. So, no, um, you don't, but he's so funny in it. He's just uh, – Jay has that wonderful way of, of making people – they're very serious, very funny, and uh, I don't know. You'll, I think it would be tickled by it. Oh, my favorite. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. um, tell uh, Nikki, tell Catherine about um, Zach, about uh, how you how you know about Zach. Oh, right. Well, so I live in a little um, town called Brevard, North Carolina, and he. I actually live in Pisgah Forest, which is where he lives. So in my little town, which is about maybe 4,800 people, we always have Zach Galifianakis sightings. Do you know what I mean? Like that's what makes the news, which I think is pretty interesting. But we do the same Zach thing with Galifianakis what? Sightings. <laughs> oh, you do? Oh, yeah. Like, no, I, saw, I saw him at Poppy's. Oh, I saw him over at Ingalls or whatever. <laughs> is that where he's from? Is that where his dad's from? I don't know. I'm not really sure if that's where he's from. I know that they live here part of the time. Yeah, he's pretty. He's a pretty down-home guy. I don't think he likes yeah. big lifestyle too much. I, no, this for is a, a moment, pretty little, little town. <laughs> yeah, he was uh, trying to get his fiance, I think, to you know, switch her education to Tulane so he could stay in New Orleans. I think he liked. I think he likes the South. Yeah. Well, you're a New New Orleans gal yourself, aren't you, Catherine? That is that where yes. you were born? Nice. Yeah, I was born in New Orleans. Both my parents are from Louisiana as well. But I've lived in um, I lived in North Carolina. I went to school at the North Carolina School of the Arts, and um, <gasps> I also went to grade school in South Carolina for a little while while my dad was uh, was working there. Well, where did over. you? Well, where did you get? Um, where did you get your uh, ballet? Training because in doing some research about you, I've discovered that you were a, a ballet dancer and a choreographer, and that's you know just I'm so interested in dance, and I was excited when I heard about that. Did you did you uh, train there in New Orleans? Um, yeah, I started um, in Baton Rouge, and uh, but then I went to uh, the North Carolina School of the Arts. I actually, went there for high school. It's pretty well known now as an acting and theater school, but I went uh-huh. there for high school. I'm filmmaking, sorry, an acting school, but I went there for high school for ballet. Oh, wow. Yeah, I went away to high school, to the School of the Arts for ballet, and then pretty much started working right out of high school at about 17. I, my first company was the Milwaukee Ballet, and then I worked in uh, Salt Lake City for Ballet West, and then I moved to New York, and that, you know, led me to tour in Los Angeles, and, you know, one thing led to another, I ended up moving out here for a for a guy. <laughs> there wasn't a lot of ballet out here in L.A., so I ended up acting. Well, do you think that the dance work that you did, uh, the dance training, has been a help for you in your acting career? Yes, I think it's huge. I think that um, it gives you so much awareness of your body and how you're moving your body. So you kind of think of your whole body, not just from your neck up, how that expresses your character, your body language. So mm-hmm. it is kind of like a dance. And also a lot of times, particularly in television, we have to move really quickly. It's sort of like a dance of where you go and your props and picking things up and just being able to repeat stuff. And, you know, some of what we do that looks natural on film doesn't feel that natural to do it. And so I think the dance helps with that. But 
even more so like the role that I got to do in Billy Bob Thornton's movie, Jane Mansfield, Jane Mansfield's Car, where I play um, a former Miss Alabama. Mm. In, uh, 19, so it takes place in 1969, and that was just terrific because you needed all of that, you know, ability to have that kind of grace and elan that a, a beauty queen would have. And also Billy um, shoots so wide. He's such a cinematic director that I feel that the body language of the characters really gets to come through in his movies, and I knew that, so it really made it fun for me because I could, I could have that in the back of my mind when I was working, what something would look like. You know, I, he shot, he shoots full screen a lot. He shoots really wide, and uh, it's, it's just really nice. Wow, and that movie, I understand, will be coming out in the fall of 2012, and you, you're playing um, with some, some pretty uh, heavy hitters here, Kevin Bacon, Robert Duvall, right. and, and John Hurt. Yes, it was wow. just a thrill. It was just a thrill. I got to um, play Duvall's daughter and have, I think I had three scenes that were just the two of us, and um, it was really exciting. But, you know, frankly, it was really nice. We sort of worked really well together, and I think he had a good time, too. So, but it was, you know, what an honor to get to work with him. He's 80, I think he's 81 years old, you know. Is so that I was right? So excited that I got that opportunity. Yeah, it was, it was really, really great. <laughs> well, I, I, I hope to. Uh, I hope that that uh, movie gets a, a wide release, or, or at least uh, comes out on DVD shortly after it's released. Because sometimes I hear about these wonderful movies, and and they don't show here in Pueblo, Colorado, and I have to wait for the you know, for the for the D V D to come out, but it sounds like a, a really interesting movie that that I would like to see. And speaking of a movie that I would like to see, let's go back to the campaign and okay. please tell us about this character. Now I said manipulative. I said you play a manipulative That's pretty good. I'll take it. I know at one point in the movie Jason said, said, Well, you know, we want to like her. I go, You wanna like her? I go, I think she's horrible. <laughs> but, well, uh, she's smart. She's smart. I, it was a little bit of. I had just come from Alaska shooting the frozen ground, and so I had gotten educated on all things Sarah Palin while I was there. Yeah. So I really liked that kind of. I feel that there's a, a manipulation, a little bit of a manipulation in her, her folksiness, you know. And I wanted to bring that um, into Rose, and I so I used some of the Palinisms and just. The way that she, a lot of a lot of Sarah Palin, some of Hillary Clinton's smart ambition. I lo, I looked at Cindy McCain's looks. You know, Cindy McCain just always had a different look every day, different uh-huh. hair, different makeup, different thing. I love that. Little Ann Romney. I I listened to an interview that just like just came upon one day in the car with um, Rick Perry's wife talking about what it was like to campaign and what it was like with the other wives. And it was during the. Republican primary, so I threw all that in, and then it's got a little bit of toddlers and tiaras and uh, dance moms thrown in there, too. Oh, yes. I'm so glad you said that. That, that is my husband's favorite television show, Dance Moms. Well, tell him he's probably going to like Well, I threw in one time when I'm leaving Will, I like I say to my daughter, I'm like, I say to my daughter, I just added it, you got your baton? <laughs> <laughs> And then you know, throw in Yeah. I'll tell you what, though. They always say behind, it doesn't even matter. Like, of course, behind Sarah Palin was her husband, but behind, and she was a minority, obviously. But behind every man in politics is his wife pushing the buttons. 
Yes, I've heard yeah. that. So I I, brought, I tried to bring that to it, but that's really that's illuminated in Jay's movie because Will plays such a moron. <laughs> <laughs> so you're the brains in that marriage. <laughs> Unfortunately, yes, I am the amoral brain in the family. <laughs> and it's Rose Brady, and and Will Will Ferrell is Cam. Brady and uh, Nikki and I were just talking before the show started about the things that we 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 are eager to see and that we, and in in the commercials. Nikki, do you want to share some of the things that we're we're eager to see? Well, I just love the whole premise behind the fact that he's never had an appointment before, so he goes in, you know, that I'm going to win this thing, and then of course here comes Zach, and he doesn't know anything about politics, which is wonderful. All right, mm-hmm. but I love when he runs my favorite scene. I haven't seen the movie. I cannot wait to see it. Just so you know, I love that it's coming out and it's so timely and that we can make light of this whole campaign that's very important, okay? Yeah. But the fact that it's coming out now is so timely, and we really, you know, to solve the issues, you got to step back but realize, okay, it is kind of funny. I mean, it is, but the, when Zach runs into the into the meeting ahead of, Will and then he's ready to go kiss the baby and then Will gets ready to punch him. Oh my mm-hmm. gosh, I can't stop laughing at that. <laughs> I just can't. baby gate, baby gate. Yes. Yeah, baby gate. <laughs> so I think they call it. They end up cutting to all these guys like Wolf Blitzer and uh, yes, all these guys. They use them in the in who else? Pierce Morgan, a bunch of real reporters, and uh, Bill Maher so, and. I think one of them ends up calling it Baby Punch Gate. <laughs> that is that's so I just funny. Fell, I fell off my chair the first time I saw it. I that's <laughs> funny. That is classic comic funny. So good job. And yep. then the attack ads that, that are showing that they, I mean, of course, the ones that we're being exposed to on both sides are, are just so annoying. We just can barely stand it. So I, I love the idea. I love the idea that they are, they're now showing some of the attack ads that uh, Will's character and Zach's character have put out. Um, are, are those in the movie, or is that just part of the PR? Um, you know, there's some parts that that everything was shot as part of the movie, but then just for editing reasons, some things don't make it in. So I'm not 100% sure that I've seen you know every campaign, but a lot of the attack ads are in it, like the ones where he... Like the one where there's one where Zach gets Will's son to call him his son, and then Will retaliates by he's going to screw his wife and put it on TV. So Zach does an ad where he gets Will's son to call Zach dad, and he puts it on TV like how he's not even a dad to his own son. And then Will gets so mad that he just like he's going to screw Zach's wife and then put that on TV. And he's like, it's just it's awful. I just I think that's the lowest of the low, but. They have ones where they, like, put, you know, because Zach has a mustache, they try to say he's part of the Taliban. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, really? it's pretty bad. That, it is bad, but it is so timely. I mean, I really hope, I mean, I know this is, like, like me being altruistic, but I really hope people look at it and realize, like, really how ridiculous the political system is because this is such a funny movie about the <laughs> yeah. whole, it's pretty you know, broken. process. Yeah, broken is a great word. What a great word. Yeah. yeah, broken. I, that's for sure. Well, now, what what did you enjoy most about playing Rose uh, Brady? It sounds like you had a pretty good time putting uh, your uh, inspirations into that character. Yes, it's fun. It was just um, I had just come from doing the Frozen Ground, which is this was a dark, you know, um, 
true story about a serial killer in Alaska. So <laughs> I literally flew from there to New Orleans. So it was just a relief to not have to stick my head in a corner and cry every day for work, you know. <laughs> yeah. But so that part of it was fun. But it's you know it's very fun to just get to be that broad and that big and um. Will ad-libs a lot, so you never know what's going to happen. So it keeps it really alive and fresh. And Jay is really open to everybody just trying things and throwing in their creativity. So sometimes, like, there's a scene with Will and I with um, with a couple of uh, bankers that were trying to get to donate money to his campaign. And mm-hmm. that whole take that they used is, was pretty much ad-libbed. Really? So it was, oh, yeah. You know, the script was terrific, but I think sometimes they would just, we would just rip. rip. Will would just start riffing. If I riffed along with them, so then the whole thing would end up in there. So I, some of my favorite moments are ad-lib moments. There's one one scene where Zach tells off his father, and then he goes to storm out of the room, and he can't get out the door. And John Lithgow and Brian Cox and Dan Aykroyd are in the room, and then they start trying to tell him how to get out the door, and he can't get out the door. They're like, just just push. Just lift. No, lift and push. Lift. Lift. Jiggle, just lift, jiggle, and push. Lift, just and, and they're all just yelling at him how to get out the door. And, just, and, and that was all ad lib. Yeah, it's just all ad lib. Yeah, he just you know, Zach probably ad libbed he couldn't get out the door, and then everybody starts ad libbing. Jay just creates this environment, and good actors know how to do that. And you feel comfortable, so. right? And you feel comfortable just going with it. Yeah, you know, I did, and I think that that was kind of what's been really exciting about. You know, I'm 45 years old. These breaks just started to come, these big breaks of like 44, and I, I don't think I would have been as comfortable in my own shoes in these situations with these heavy hitters if I didn't have, you know, 20 years of experience, you know, <laughs> behind me. And so it, that I actually have to say, it's funny you said that, you asked that, because that was one of the things about this that's been most um, rewarding is to feel in my own shoes and comfortable with mm-hmm. these uber talents, you know, it's like, I think because of my age and my experience, it feels just fine. Uh, like, you're I, lovely. Absolutely I beautiful. Think, I think we're getting some feedback, ladies. I'm, um, I just wanted to check and see if I'm the only one that's that's getting getting the feedback. Uh, Nikki, does everything sound okay to you? I, I don't hear any. Okay. I got a little of Nikki being feedback. You okay. Feedback All right. Well, I'll be quiet. For a minute. I just... I just was excited about you You're being not ad- living and okay. All right. Don't you dare be quiet. <laughs> I just she's just we so pretty and I love that whole ad living thing. It to me is quite entertaining and and the fact that you feel comfortable enough to do it, like you know, I love that. I just do. So thank you for sharing that. Oh, yeah, yes. yeah. I think you see it a lot. It's funny with you know you see other other actors would come on and you know they hadn't necessarily done a lot of you know big projects, but well, I can just imagine how hard it would be to keep a straight face while working with Will Ferrell. Well, I'm getting your feedback too. Um, it was, and a lot of uh, a lot of the time, I was just concerned when I first started working. I thought, Oh my God, I'm gonna I'm gonna be terrible at this. I'm just gonna be terrible in this movie because. I can't, I can't even concentrate. All I'm doing is, like, kind of trying to look at him, like, at that place in between his eyes so I'm not even focused on his face. Because so, I would just start laughing. He was so funny. <laughs> and I came home one day from work, and Sarah Baker and I were living in the same little apartment building. And I, I said, oh, my God, he's just 
he's so, I mean, he's really funny. It's just, he's so funny. I'm like, guy's so funny. She said, yeah, it's Catherine. He's Will Ferrell. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't even think about him without laughing. And I've seen him do some, some pretty darn good uh, dramatic performances, too. That Stranger Than Fiction, I, I just thought he was just marvelous in that. But, yeah, but I, you know, it's so out. wonderful to have the the ability to make people laugh like uh, like Will does, and and I, I I know that you have a lot of admiration for him. I I heard you um, in another interview where you you actually referred to him as the finest uh, comedian of uh, of your generation. Do you still feel that way after working with him? Definitely, definitely. He's just um, I mean, what an honor. He's just he's ma- I call it magic funny. It's what he does is so small. And so real, and 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 uh, you know, it's just he's it's just it just he tickles me. He's just the funniest guy. Just he picks up on so much little stuff, and it just seems so effortless. He's just magical. He he's is. Magical. I think it might be me that's a feedback, but I just want to throw in one thing really quick. So um, I'm not getting feedback on yet. Yeah, I think it might be me, but if I'm ever down, okay, which happens often. I mean, I live where it rains every day, but whatever. So if I'm ever down, I always watch Cowbell from Saturday Night Live. He is <laughs> right. Okay, he is so funny. Everything he does, every like if you watch him, like I'll watch him. I love him in Saturday Night Live. He's my favorite. So if you watch him, sorry, I don't mean this to be a Will Ferrell love fest, but if you watch, even yeah, when he's not, even when he's not the main who's speaking or whatever, he is the funniest one on the set. Okay, mm-hmm. funniest one. If he's just standing there, if he's speaking, if he's secondary, it doesn't matter. What he does, he's just funny. You know what I, I mean? Know. I mean, I always think about him too, and I hope he's happy because he brings so much happiness to everyone else. But that's my that's my go to if I feel down is Mark Albell. He um, <laughs> Mark Albell. There's a thing in the movie where I'm like, I'm getting mad at him about somebody who something about you know him having an affair, you know, and um. And he starts going off about how it was not his fault. She, it's not. It's, he's like, it's not my fault. She plied me with Goldschlager, and he just starts ripping on Goldschlager and how he had so much Goldschlager in him. His stools were gold, and he just starts. Oh my he just, God. And it's in the movies. You just be sitting there, and he would just start ripping. Sometimes on the other side of the camera, because you don't know, have to be quiet for them to to capture what he's doing. I just. I would just start crying and just, I would, start, I would like mouthing, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I couldn't keep it together. I just couldn't keep it together. I love that. There was a scene we did with Pierce Morgan. They used some of it in the ads, and it just seemed to end up where he's like holding up that cigarette, and he's like, are you trying to plug cigarettes, you know, a product placement for cigarettes? He's like, oh, I just love the cool, refreshing taste. <laughs> I was like, and um, that scene used to be this interview with Pierce Morgan and he, and then I come on as a surprise guest. And we did it live. Like, they actually filmed me watching him, you know, and then then they cut to me. And I had to have them cover up the monitor where I couldn't see him until I came <laughs> on because a couple of times when we got to me, halfway through the scene, I just, I was so tense. Because all I was doing was just trying to hold a laugh in. That I mean, you know, my whole face and stomach. So I, I had to take out the earpiece and cover the monitor until I started talking because I just <laughs> would lose it. I don't blame I you. 
I definitely don't blame you. I'm going to look for that scene for sure. Well, now you've seen the movie with uh, with an audience, so uh, because mm-hmm. there was probably a big turnout for the for the premiere in L.A. Oh, yeah. uh, last Friday. So how oh, yeah. what were what were the uh, viewers' reactions? Uh, how how did you feel about the, their reactions? It was great. You know what? I one thing about the movie that I really like is that it's you know we keep talking about the comedy, but it's also so smart. So it's it's entertaining for a lot of people. It's just a very smart movie. Well, I was almost a little worried that it was going to be too smart, but it's got so many laughs in it that I don't think it is. But good comedy is smart. Yes, it's true. It's true. I think so, anyways. But I think you're funny. Yeah, I think you're right about that. <laughs> well, well, I there's nothing I love more than a smart comedy, unless it's a smart. Musical dance. comedy, right. so but there's no musical oh, you like numbers. Musical. You don't get to you don't get to dance in this one, Catherine, right? I know. I don't oh. think we danced it. They, we did do a little bit of really bad campaign dancing, but I don't think you see too much of that in the movie. There, well, I, one, we were up on the stage at one point, and 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 we were like, we decided we needed to dance poorly, like on purpose, because you know oh. those Republicans are always just so bad up there, and they're. They're so stiff up there dancing on stage. Like they're trying to be cool, and they're just so goofy. And uh, yeah, we intentionally danced poorly, but I don't, I don't know how much of that ended up in there. So that was the extent of my dancing in the campaign. Well, uh, if pe- people want to see you with a little bit of uh, uh, dancing thrown in, I know on YouTube there is the uh, "Happy Birthday to Dennis Hopper" uh, mm. video that's up. It's, yeah. a, it's lovely. It's lovely. Thank you. And, Thank you, you directed that, and you and your son. Yeah, Andy and I just made that up in like three days when his dad was dying. We just sort of we gave it to him on his last birthday. I think he died about he died like twelve days later. So it was oh. something we did that just to kind of pick me up during a hard time well. there. It was be- it's beautiful, so I do urge listeners to go to YouTube and they can, oh, can yeah. see Please see how uh, that you have all the right you have all the right uh, moves. And someday I would love to see you in a musical and do to do some to do some dancing. And uh, I wanted to talk about uh, some of your other uh, upcoming roles. You've already mentioned Jane Mansfield's Car. And uh, mm-hmm. you got me excited about that. We uh, and you mentioned Frozen Ground, but you didn't uh, talk too much about it. What is what is the character like that you play in that uh, movie? I I know that uh, John Cusack is in it, and uh, Nicolas mm-hmm. Cage, and Vanessa Hudgens. What what is the what's going it's, on um, there in that movie? And and what are, what is your role? It's a true story of this really sad tale of this guy named. Uh, Robert Hansen, in um, who was a a serial killer in Alaska in the 80s, and he was a baker, and his lifestyle being a baker and his wife and the fact and just everything about it was just a sort of perfect breeding ground breeding ground for this really sick guy. So, you know, he basically he was basically a rapist that started killing women, I think, just to make it more convenient. Like, he could spend more time with them. He would take them up in his plane. And I think mm. something like one in eight people in Alaska have a plane. And because he was often gone at night, and also it was during the oil boom, and there were all these um, strippers and prostitutes brought up there by the mob, 
you know, to service all of the single men up there, it wasn't uncommon for these women to come and go and disappear, and they're not the type of women that necessarily have families that are looking for them. And so he really got away with with killing a lot of women for a long time before he was caught. I think they determined that he killed about 30, and I think they found something like 17, and I think he admitted to something like 11 or 13. And... um so it's a sad tale, and Vanessa Hudgens plays a real character who got away and who ended up oh. working with um, this guy, Flutke, this detective up there, who's played by Nick Cage, and helped him hunt this guy down and track this guy down and, and bring him to justice. And I play his very different part from Rose Brady. I play this uh, pious, smart, quiet, religious, good mother and school teacher who pretty much just went to school, was either at school, at church, or at home. And oh. so it's quite a shock to her system. And um, so it was, it was a really interesting part to play. It was hard to find out much about her. But while I was up there shooting, like I ran into, I was reading a book about him at a coffee shop. And someone asked me, was I in the movie? And then they, they told me that she was their teacher. And I had lunch with them the next day. And then another woman actually called into a radio show up there, uh, Shannon Moore's radio show. And Shannon Moore is friends with John Cusack. And she was friends with the real-life person, Darla Hansen. And um, Hmm. we arranged, John and I arranged to have dinner with her. And she told us a lot about her, about Darla. And I ended up using some of it in the movie as well. So um, I don't know how fair a portrayal I do of her because very little is known about her, you know. Um, mm-hmm. but I just tried to tell the story as best I could. But I don't it was a different. Longer. I think it was a tall brunette. So it's a different type of role for for you. No wonder you were you were feeling uh, a little relieved when you when you <laughs> got back to do do the campaign. And I'll have a, I'll have to admit, I think I'll have a difficult time. Uh, I know he's a great actor. But accepting John Cusack as a serial killer—that's that's going to be hard for me. But he probably does a. Do you think he got into that role? Have you seen the the completed movie yet? I didn't see that. Need to see the completed movie. I've got to tell you, the first day on the set, um, John, I had a little bit of a scene to do before I did a scene with with him, and the scene with him starts with us in prayer at the dinner table with our heads bowed. And so we were talking on the porch and on the cap, and um, he was very light. And then we do this the prayer, and then I think I asked him like, like something like, I want to have my sister come and visit, and da-da-da-da-da, or can we go see my sister or something? And he snaps at me. <gasps> I looked up at him, and he had he has these black contacts he wears in the movie, his oh. eyes were so beady. His character that had come over him was so scary that wow. you know when you get scared or intimidated, but do you ever sometimes like laugh because you don't mm. know what else to do? It's like you're so uncomfortable. I almost laughed. Thank God the camera was behind me because I just was so uncomfortable. Like I was just, it was so real. He, yeah, he couldn't sleep. No, I couldn't sleep that well because we're reading the books and the, the story is horrific. Mm-hmm. No, you know, it was a dark experience. It was really gratifying to go there, but it's sometimes when you do those 
films, it really takes a lot out of you. It's exhausting, you know. It's exhausting. It's fun, but it's exhausting. Well, that that sounds like a, a fascinating um, movie too, and and uh, we can't we can't not talk about your your new TV series that's coming up for NBC. I love the title, Infamous. Yes. Could you tell us a, a little bit about what um, what that's going to be like and, and about the character you play? Um, it is a brooding family police drama. It's a, it's really, best we call it a brooding family murder mystery, really. It's a story of this very wealthy family, um, you know, billion-dollar pharmaceutical company run by uh, Victor Garber. He has a high-profile socialite daughter that mysteriously is murdered at the beginning, the very opening of the show. And um, one of the local detectives in New York um, finds his old girlfriend, who is now a detective in San Francisco, and brings her back to infiltrate the family because she was the daughter of the maid. She grew up the oh. daughter of the maid and grew up on the estate. So he's getting her to go back like, as if she's come for the funeral to pay her respects because that was her childhood friend, but sort of gets her to infiltrate the family and try to figure out what happened to the girl. Hmm. And I play a very mysterious, dark, sexual sort of um, character that played Victor Garber's wife. It's kind of scary. I, I would say the character is a cross between... Kathleen Turner in Body Heat and Glenn Close in Damages. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's really fun. It's just very sort of haughty and mean and deep and dark and just like it's like um like you don't want to fall into Sophia like it would just be a, you know, some vat That's of your spiders. name. That's your character's name. <laughs> Sophia. Yeah. Sophia. Like a vat of spiders, yeah. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Well, that sounds like um, I really got into a, a TV show last a season called Revenge, which I, I didn't think that I that I would. And this sounds like it's got the same sort of tone. as I've as heard that. that. I haven't seen that show, but I've heard that it has a, a similar tone as well. Yeah, and I it's just hard not to get uh, addicted to it once you once you start watching and it, I think uh, Infamous sounds like that might be the the case with uh, with that show too. You have had so many TV roles and I I'm wondering which are your favorites? Do you have any favorites and and why? favorite TV roles. You know, it's funny. It's like I'll start doing them, and then I, I've done, you're right, I have done so many that you sort of, I sometimes I'll get off one of these interviews, and I was like, oh, I forgot about that. Um, <laughs> I really loved Two and a Half Men. It was just such a smart, funny, horrible part. I just, that was just a super fun part, and I'm, for people who haven't seen it, I, or, or who have, I play the character, there's a character that Charlie Sheen is dating, who <laughs> is exactly like his mom and everybody knows she's exactly like his mom but him so it's basically he's having sex with his mom and then the mom shows up and we dress alike and we both treat our sons horribly and we're both just bitchy but I manipulate Charlie through sex and I'm exactly like his mother so that is a really fun part and that was a popular character Gosh, what else? I've loved working on Longmire. I love. Hooray! I am so glad yeah. you mentioned that because that is definitely my, you know, at the top of my list as I mentioned before. I just think all the characters in Longmire are so real, 
and you, mm-hmm. you just get you just get uh, that they just draw you into that, mm-hmm. that show. And I want to see more of um, is it is it uh, Lizzie Ambrose? Lizzie, yeah, yeah. Lizzie. You you think that that? Can you tell I me? I think they would like me to. It's going to just depend on what happens with um, you know, with uh, with NBC and Infamous. It's I think at a certain point they can limit how many appearances I can make on another show and it's just sort of whether they choose to or not it's kind of a bummer because I think that the shooting schedules are opposite so that might not conflict but I don't know if they're going to allow me to do more I really hope they do well, I hope <laughs> so because I want something to happen between uh, Longmire and uh, Lizzie I want I want you rooting, oh, well, I rooting for that um, oh my gosh the time has really gone by. Well, there's you have done so many things and so many fascinating things, and we just can't cover everything. But I did want to make sure that, um, because some of our listeners are interested in going into acting as a career, and so a couple of questions about that I wanted to ask you. Why, why did you decide on acting as a career? Um, I just kind of fell into it, really. I was uh, out here, and I was a dancer, and I started dating someone out in L.A., and I ended up deciding to stay out here, and there really wasn't much professional dancing out here, and I saw this uh, documentary about um, Sandy Meisner that Sidney Pollack mm-hmm. made the 70s, and it, it was such a wonderful documentary, and I thought, well, I've got to go find that guy and do what he's doing, and I arranged a meeting with him and talked my way into his class, and that just really started everything. It was just really an inspirational and practical education in acting. Dylan McDermott that's in the movie was a few classes ahead of me actually. Oh. Yeah. So so you're uh, you're not sorry that you that you chose acting as a career. Well, it's finally working out. <laughs> it's finally working out in a big, t- big way. I mean, you're just, yeah, yeah. As I as I mentioned before, your star is definitely rising this year. And th- do you have any advice for our listeners who are want to be actors? I'm I'm up there. I'm a senior citizen, but I'm still a want to be actor. <laughs> so any advice think, you can uh, give us? Preparation is really key. I think preparation is really key. It's just like in any other business. It's sort of like preparation meeting opportunity. You know, it's luck. But I do, I've always worked really hard if I have an audition. I I take it very seriously. I really put a lot into it. I don't sort of throw anything out there as a sketch. So I really, um, I think being really well prepared. I, I don't have a lot of ideas when I'm actually working about, I try to, not have too many ideas about the direction that the scene needs to go when we're doing it. I like to be really open, but I like to have done a lot of preparation and have a lot of stuff because, you know, there's a a thing in, um, oh, what's his name? Oh, who was the original Alfie? What's his name, the British actor? Michael Caine. Michael Caine. Michael Caine. In Michael Caine's book, he says that, you know, to change a well-oiled plan is easier to change than no plan. And it's because if you have a well-oiled plan, you've obviously investigated the material so much that you made a choice, right? Mm -hmm. But if somebody comes from a different angle, chances are you've thought about that choice too, and you just didn't do it. But then you, so you understand where the director is coming from, you know. So I think preparation is really key. 
And well, perseverance. Think, if you really want to do it, you have to persevere because it's impossible. It's very hard to get anywhere in acting, and you it's it's hard. You know, some people get lucky, but most of us just work really hard for a really long time, and then somebody gives us a break. It's like if one day well, you just get a break. Everybody well, I, I know that's coming up, I see go through this period of getting, including me, told no, they're almost getting, almost getting, almost getting, and then they get one, and then they get another one, you know, and it's kind of like that. Yes, and that's excellent advice from from uh, from you and from from Michael Caine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, preparation and and persev- uh yeah, to persevere and then to uh, to be willing willing to change. Uh, you know, when the when the breaks when the breaks come your way come your way, and to make excellent choices. Well, I, our time is almost up, and Nikki just kind of just. Uh, faded away there and we we certainly don't want that to happen so nikki do you have any any other uh questions or comments that you'd like to make uh for Catherine before we uh we wrap things up i just want to tell her thank you for being here and i love oh. the stories that she shared and you know the ad-libbing information and and just you're so beautiful so thank you i just want to say thank you oh thank you it was really a pleasure, it was my pleasure thank you very much <laughs> Thanks, thanks, Nikki. I agree wholeheartedly, and I did want to um, thank the guests who have uh, shown up in the chat, and uh, uh, they haven't identified themselves except Drummer Magic, so welcome to Drummer Magic. We're glad that you're you're here, and we're very happy that uh, so many other people uh, were listening to the to the show, and um, you've just been such a terrific guest today, Catherine. But as I said, we we couldn't cover everything. We've got a lot more things we'd like to talk with you about. I hope that you'll come back again in the future. Is that a possibility? Definitely. Let me check my yes. Yes, all right, great. We'll look forward to your next visit. Time to wrap things up now. So this is Betty Jo Tucker giving a big shout-out to the folks at Blog Talk Radio for their support. We really appreciate it. Special thanks to Catherine Lanasa for a wonderful interview, as well as to Nikki Starr for her for her absolutely fantastic contributions, and to our chatters and other listeners for tuning in. I hope everyone enjoyed the show. I know I sure did. Come back next time, please, for a Rod Steiger Remembered Show with special guest actress Joan Benedict Steiger, the legendary actor's widow, who promises to share some fascinating information about Rod's career and private life. It's a must-hear show for movie addicts. In the meantime, don't you forget to check out our film reviews at realtalkreviews.com. That's R-E-E-L, realtalkreviews.com. That's all for now, folks. So, because Catherine is a former dancer and choreographer, here's Kenny Loggins to take us out with, you guessed it, Footloose.
Get mad.